I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the latest edition of Flames Nation Radio. I am your host, Ryan Pike, joined by my erstwhile co-host, Shane Stevenson. Hello, everybody. And we are brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. So if you're hungry and either don't want to cook, don't want to go outside, maybe it's cold, maybe there's wolves out there, DoorDash, because they're not going to judge you. They're just going to bring you something tasty. I mean, not for free, but you know what I mean. Uh, This is going to be a fun week because... this is a podcast that, depending on when you listen to it, it'll either be a little bit out of date or horribly out of date, depending on what's going on in the world. So we'll get we'll we'll get through some quick housekeeping. The Flames played three games in the past seven days. They won two of them. They lost the third one in overtime. Uh, they had a pair of four nothing shutout wins with uh, Jacob Markstrom looking very very good and the Flames in front of him looking very very good with victories over Pittsburgh and and uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. And then they returned home. Well, they were already home for the Philadelphia game, but then they lost to the Nashville Predators, the David Riddick-less Nashville Predators, because he's still on the COVID list as of this recording. But he's getting close. But Big Safe Dave was not involved in the proceedings, but Nashville won anyway, 3-2 in overtime. It was, you know, it was a good game. The Flames have continued to play well. They got five out of a possible six points. They are well ahead of what they need to be, or you know, clocking around for a playoff pace. So, Good for them. We're all very happy with how they're doing. They're winning games and getting points and games and where they probably deserve to do so. Uh, they have not got their show run by anyone yet. So, hooray. What do you think, Shane? They're doing okay? They're really the only ever get into trouble when they have to kill penalties, really, and against Connor McDavid. So, But, I mean, you can say that about 31 teams in the league that they'd have trouble killing penalties against Connor McDavid. And uh, it would ring true for all 31 teams. So, um, no, they'd be good. Uh, Ritter was around. Ritter, uh, that, that young boy uh, that, that was sad when he left. He, uh, he, Ritter's like, he's still in COVID protocol, yet he's still down in the benches there. So I'm not sure how their protocol is working nowadays. But I he think did give a, that young boy a stick. A sign, and it looked like it was signed by the whole Predators team. If, if I he's around, I would guess that he's cleared as in he had a couple negative tests and, and, or is symptom free. So he got mm-hmm. cleared. Uh, otherwise that's kind of weird. So I'm assuming. Yeah. Cleared. But that's, you know, he, David he gave the young guy, uh, he gave that young boy that, uh, you know, obviously they, there was no fan interaction last year. And so he, he gave the young boy a signed stick signed by the whole predators team by the looks of things. So that was nice. 
David Riddick is a very nice guy. Seems to, he remembers the fans. That's cool. We're all very, you know, when, when players get traded away, sometimes, you know, fans uh, are happy to see guys go, but if you get a chance to to spend some time interacting with the players, majority of them are are very nice human beings. And David Riddick is definitely in that category. So we're glad he's, uh, he found gainful employment in the national hockey league and is in a pretty good hockey market in Nashville. So Hopefully he gets it. He uh, gets back in the swing of things and gets going because you know you, you don't sign with a team and then hope to never play. You sign because you hope that Big Save Dave can make big saves, preferably yeah. against teams that are are playing are competing against the Flames for a playoff spot. But uh, any, I think the the thing that everyone everyone has on their minds uh, is uh, a certain Buffalo Sabers former captain who is uh, awaiting at some point both neck surgery and a trade. Uh, the Flames are apparently very much embroiled in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, despite the protests of Brad Treliving and uh, Daryl Sutter publicly. Uh, spoiler, folks, they're technically not allowed to comment on players under contract to other teams. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be tampering to say that Jack Eichel is a good hockey player if you're working for another hockey club, but a lot of teams just don't want to deal with the hassle of complimenting players that aren't under contract to their teams. But uh we're not under contract to the flames, so we can't be accused of tampering. So we can do whatever we want. And uh, the, speculate all day. <laughs> the flames have been attached to Eichel, basically dating back to the summer here and there. Um, according to our friends, uh, sports is Elliot Freeman, Toronto stars, Chris Johnston, uh, daily face offs, Frank Cervelli. We have seen the flames in and then out and then in and then out again. They've been, involved in talks but depending on what day of the week or what month it is they have either been on the back burner in the mix the front runner uh as of tuesday night as the the flames were wrapping up their game with uh, the buffalo or with the national predators uh it came out from espn's emily kaplan that uh, the flames apparently one of the two front runners possibly the two final suitors for jack eichel alongside the vegas golden knights who are let's be honest, in the mix for every single player. If, if your favorite player is potentially going to be traded, they will go to Vegas probably or Tampa Bay because that's just how hockey works. Uh, but yeah, Emily Kaplan said that the Flames and the and uh, Vegas are the, are the apparently the, the final suitors. And uh, ESPN's Kevin Weeks just came out earlier today. We're recording this on Wednesday evening, uh, early evening, uh, and – a couple hours ago, Kevin Weeks said that apparently the the package that the Flames are offering is Matthew Kachuk, an upcoming first rounder, uh, a former first round pick, and two prospects. Um, to make the cap work, the Flames would need to move out about nine million bucks in cap. Kachuk makes seven, so you'd need to move out two and change to make the whole thing work without making it too tight. But I mean. This is this is this is today has been kind of chaotic, Shane. It's been there's um there there's uh, this is a fluid situation. Steve McFarlane is working for Calgary Hockey Now right now, and he he eleven minutes ago tweets that uh, his colleague at the National Hockey Now has some info. I'm checking his page. He's verified uh, out of Boston, and uh, he said the Eichel drumbeat is loud. Calgary stepped up hardcore. Um, lots to, there's info out there that's apparently going to come soon. Um, John Vogel, I, I, uh, I, I should, I have like, I'm refreshing Twitter as we speak folks. Like this is a, it's a very fluid situation. You, you and like everybody in Calgary. 
Yeah, John Vogel writes for The Athletic, uh, and he says that he feels the Bruins, or not the Bruins, the Sabres, are getting outside pressure. He didn't speculate which source it could be. uh, Sabres ownership could be the league, could be uh, Team USA for the Olympics. There's lots of possible uh, factors. Um, Props to Emily Kaplan, though, too. She just, just left for ESPN. She, it seems like she was there for two seconds and she goes on TV and just drops this bomb that Calgary Flames fans have not been able to keep quiet of for about 36 hours at this point. And I don't think it's going to stop. I think it, it Emily, just, it, Emily, and Wish have been, Emily and Wish have been like the, the two hockey towers at ESPN for a few years uh, since, uh, since Wish let, left uh, Yahoo. I forget where Emily came from. She's been around. For Emily was covering like it on TV. I, she's fantastic at it. Yeah, she she's she. I, I remember her. She was my go-to source. You know, like I go to Pat Steinberg for the pregame Flames lineups. Emily was my go-to for the pregame Leafs lineups. Like she always had it. She always had them right. She always had them first. So like she 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 recently like literally like within like a week uh, announced that she went to ESPN and the first that was the first thing I've heard seen her there and it's dropping the Eichel news that. Uh, football analogy flames in uh, Vegas and the deal was at the one yard line. Now the, the funny joke on Twitter was it was the flames own one yard line and they still had 99 yards to go. But uh, with all the news coming out fast and hard right now, uh, we, we thought we'd get into some speculation about what's going on. Yeah. So I would think, so there's a lot to unpack here and there's going to be more to unpack. Uh, as we get closer, Kristen Shilton, I think, is the person you're thinking of. Oh, yeah, it's not Emily. Emily, yeah, em- no, Kristen Shilton and Emily Kaplan are both must follows on Twitter. Yeah, Kristen is, I believe, now with ESPN. She's awesome. Emily Kaplan's been at ESPN for a little while. She's like, she's awesome. ESPN is, as an aside, ESPN is building a lineup of heavy hitters. I mean, all I love Greg Wasinski, but when Wish is like the fourth or fifth person deep in your, in your lineup, you're developing a good lineup. But speaking of potentially developing a good lineup. So if you're the Calgary flames, I mean, part of this, this feels like a, okay, let, let me think. So first of all, the Eichel of it all, uh, Jack Eichel is apparently, apparently the Sapers and according to uh, Emily Kaplan, the flames and, or Vegas, all chatted and apparently the flames and or Vegas are cool with uh, the, the, uh, the Eichel team, the Eichel crew, Jack Eichel getting that uh, artificial disc replacement surgery. Um, he, the team recommended getting spinal fusion, spinal fusion sucks folks. Uh, spinal fusion involves a nine month recovery and you lose mobility. So a lot of athletes like professional wrestlers have gotten spinal fusion and they can't really move as well. Hockey players have gotten spinal, spinal fusion and they slow them down. Like a lot, there's spinal fusion uh, amongst uh, surgeons is they like it because they know how it works. They can generally chart people's recovery pretty well, but you know, it's, it stabilizes things, but you lose some flexibility and some versatility and it slows you down. So a lot of players, like if, you, if you're in the early, if you're in the late part of your career and you have neck issues, screw it. Spinal fusion, you're probably going to retire in a year anyway. Who cares? Uh, recently, the thing that's sort of come out is a thing, a thing known as artificial disc replacement, which is basically what it sounds like. D- generally speaking, if you have a, a neck issue, it means that 
the disc is collapsing or there's some sort of a structural thing going on that impedes the spinal cord and causes, you know, weakness, numbness, any number of things. So artificial disc replacement is basically just building you a new disc around the existing disc, basically fixing it's instead of, instead of, you know, knocking down a wall and building a new wall, it's doing a lot of structural uh, buttressing and solidifying of the existing structure. So because it's not as intense, the recovery time is lessened, but it's also something that compared to uh, spinal fusion, it's much less common, especially in hockey players, professional hockey players. And so they don't really know how it's going to go. Uh, the, the, the word we're hearing from, uh, from surgeons who've gone on any number of, I know Jeff Merrick had uh, someone on, on uh, his show in Sportsnet, the Sportsnet radio network and various other reporters have talked to uh, a few medical professionals uh, and I, the timeline that's kicking around for Eichel was about three months. And again, it's a medical procedure and he's a human being and not all human beings recover the same rate. So he could be three months, could be could three months could mean five, but they're thinking about three. So if you're, if you're mapping it out, if you're the Calgary flames, you could give up, let's just say five assets could chuck, another roster player and at a pick and two young guys. And you're not going to have Jack Geichel probably till after the, until after the Olympic break. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's a wrinkle. There's the cap aspect of it where the flames uh, have about a million. One, I think it's 1.05 million, $1 million and $50,000 in cap space right now. Jack Geichel costs $10 million against the cap. So just the math of it is you're going to have to jettison some bodies Matthew Kachuk and another player making about 2 million would make it work. You need to move out about a little bit less than 9 million. So it's Kachuk and one other player, maybe I've heard Kachuk and Balamaki kicked around. Balamaki's making 1.55. So that wouldn't be enough. You, you know, if you want to throw out names, this is ch- pure speculation. Kachuk and Dubé would make it work. It'd be what Kachuk, Dubé is at what? 2.55. Yeah. 2.3. So yeah, that's nine point five five. The Flames have accrued a bit of space too. Like, not the, not very much. They've, not not they, enough. The Flames have banked but... like seventy grand, so yeah. it's not enough to. They can add if uh, their prorated cap space is enough. They could add four hundred bucks. They can go four hundred well, bucks above the cap and still be. They, they they do have a full roster right now though too. And if they wanted to, they, they have could, a full roster full of guys. They could promote. They, they all need waivers. Is there anyone on there that doesn't need waivers? Everyone needs waivers. Well, you could try to you could try to risk Stone maybe going down, but I don't think they'd want to do that, especially if they include Bellamaki. Like there, there's so many. It's it's every there's everything every situation every situation anyone proposes, you have to stop and go. Okay, if that then this, if this then that, and it's it's a, it's a puzzle. Yeah. Uh, and, and we don't know. Yeah. Like Week, Weeks gave us a bit. He did say a former first. So. That narrows it down to like a third of the Flames roster. <laughs> yeah. If Michael Backlund's a former first. I doubt he's Backlund's got a no trade, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Monahan no, has no, a no I'm trade. Just, I'm just using him. Anywhere. I'm just using him as an example. Like former first round picks in the Flames roster. Well, that's everyone but Johnny Gaudreau and Dylan Dubé and yeah. Manjapani, I guess. But well, but, yeah. Uh, so like you'd be there's large speculation that since Valamaki hasn't played, it's public speculation. Since Valimaki hasn't played the last two games, you know, he's waiting out, you know, but that, that's, also, that's a narrative that's if, just created. If we're, by if we're playing devil's advocate, he also wasn't very good 
in those two games before he got parked. So, you know, no. you take it, it's, it's at this time of year, especially anything related to injuries, anything related to potential trades, everybody lies. Don't take it personally, mm-hmm. folks. They're, it's a competitive environment. They're not going to show you all their cards. And, and Friedman says his reps from Calgary, he said on Tim and friends, his, his reps from Calgary are pushing back on this and they're not worried about the Kachuk signing and, and they have time to figure it out. That he, that's what his reply was. He said, he said, I don't like to put other reporters down, but I'm not getting this same level of push, especially from Calgary. He said he's sure that Vegas, well, not sure. He's speculating. Fridge is very careful with his wording. Um, he's speculating that Vegas is more in on it than Calgary. So that's okay, let's, two. Let's get into one thing really quickly here. So, folks, if you go to Puckpedia and, and dig into Vegas's cap situation, so Vegas is already in LTIR, and they have I think about seven or eight million dollars in LTIR space, and they have a, a handful of players who are injured but not yet in LTI. And you could the, the way LTI works is you can a player has to be out; they have to miss ten games or twenty four days, whichever is longer. And so Vegas, Vegas is going to be easily able to do that. Like, so they have a bunch of guys who are already going to miss, who are already missing time, have already missed time or will miss time. And so they're fine. Say if they can throw, if Mark Stone, they think he'll get past the 10 game mark or 24 game mark. And, you know, I don't know much about his injury. I'll leave that to the folks that send in, but they have enough guys who are flexible and will, will be injured for a little while. So if, Vegas just wants to say, screw it. We'll throw a bunch of kids, throw a bunch of picks and prospects at, uh, at, at Buffalo to make their head spin and land Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel can be rostered by Vegas and then be immediately LTIR, and they don't need to do anything to make it work. Vegas does not necessarily need to lose a human being from their existing initial roster to make the cap work. The Flames do. So it, just from a pure capology standpoint, if you're going, I don't know, I don't know if the Flames are going to be able to make this trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you simply based on cap. Uh, we've also, let's be honest, all due respect to the Flames and the management group. I know some of them personally, they're very nice people. But all due respect to them, they have been a bridesmaid. They have been the runner-up for every, every – if, if you have a favorite player who has been available on any other team, Jason Zucker – Nazem Kadri, granted Kadri, he oh, he, he dinged it with no trade. So that's sort of I wouldn't count Nazem Kadri against the Flames. There's nothing they could have done there. But Zucker, Ben Bishop, uh, who else is Stone, there? Mark Stone, Mark Stone, Mark Stone, uh, Mark Stone the, and now now you're possibly including the piece, the one piece that you didn't want to include for Mark Stone in a possible trade for. Oh. Yeah, so like the the flame, uh, you know, the flames are in and everything, but it is natural, I think, from a fan perspective, to be skeptical of the flames landing big fish when they're constantly at the lake for big fish. They're constantly got the bait, the the bait on the lure. They got it dangling in the water. The big fish is nibbling, but they could never quite get the big fish in the boat. Uh, the biggest big fish they've gotten since the since the flames have been around. I'm trying to think. Who's the, who do you think the, the biggest living era big fish? Biggest Dougie? Acquisition? It was, it, the, Dougie for the trade, but then the Dougie trade for Lindholm and Hannafin. 
they have their number one left defenseman and their number one center right now from that trade. So I would say biggest fish was that. And now I would, now it all I would stems say, from trading for I would Dougie. say Blake. I would say Blake Coleman, two-time cup champion, Blake Coleman. Granted, he's sort of a depth player right now because of. Uh, did, did Brad sign for leak? I think so. Or was that a pre? Hoodler was a feaster. For leak was. Uh, yeah, for leak was, was, uh, like, was good for the majority. Like, he didn't tail off until the tail end of his contract. So that, I wouldn't say that's a big. I'm just mentioning that as a success for him. Yeah, um, but like most most of the key players in the Flames roster have either been guys they've drafted and developed, and they've done really they've done really well with that. Guys they've drafted and developed. Markstrom, I I I'm dumb and I completely forgot Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> I did too. Uh, we, forget, we forget the player because he just had his shutout streak snap. So of course we forget about Markstrom. Yeah, th- but, how dare you let that perfect Philip Forsberg shot in on? the other day but, Markstrom. Yeah. So like J- Jacob Markstrom and a couple others early in his tenure. So Jacob Markstrom is arguably the biggest fish, but you know, Jacob Markstrom is a very good goalie. He is not quite elite. I don't think that's unfair to say he has not won a Vesna. He's been around the conversation, but he hasn't done, he hasn't nailed it down yet. Jack Eichel would easily be the best, the the biggest name the Flames have acquired in. I can't think He'd be the long. best. He'd be the best center they've ever had on paper since Joe Newendijk. Yeah. 100%. 100%. No disrespect to – like, Damon Lankow was a great defensive center, and we don't give him enough credit for what he did those years with Aginla. He was, he was tremendous. And, and he, was, he was hurt for a lot of those times, too. He, yeah. he, he was basically that generation's Monahan, except defensively. He took a beating and was so uh, good for so long. Well, he should have been Selkie nominated tons of times. He, he was he was tremendous. And then we, if you go back to the historical data, it's actually pinned in my uh, my pinned tweet on the top of my page. Go back and look at his defensive impact. It is ridiculous. Like he should have easily been considered. So so Lankow was good, but Eichel is uh, Eichel's a top ten player in the league. Like not like like a whole league when he's healthy at his prime before all the injury history. Like I've I've seen I've watched games. I've seen Jack Eichel take a wrist shot that seemingly went bar down on the goaltender with no traffic in front of the net. And he did it at half speed. So like, like this guy is unreal. And I think people forget how good he is. Like he, he steps on the ice and the the, the play instantly changed in the favor of your team, because he's going to get, if he gets the puck on his stick, something's happening at the other end. Um, I, I really feel like Buffalo, you know, Buffalo tried to surround him with players. They tried to sign Kyle Ocposo to play with him. That didn't work out. You know, like the, 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 there was, I think a lot of his plays, and he really hasn't had too many quality players around him to really have his point totals reflect his talent. So and that's, that's kind of where I want to go with this really quickly because pretty much everyone in my Twitter timeline last day or so has been like, yeah. Mike, should they make the trade? And my, my question was essentially, there's a lot of questions. So one, when, uh, when, you, when do you get Eichel? Two, related to question one, when you get him on your, on your lineup, what is he? Is he the Eichel of old or is he a not quite as good Eichel? And you won't know till after you make the trade and after he has the surgery. So in a sense, he's, as I have my show notes, Schrodinger's Eichel. He is, until you open the box, you don't know what Eichel you're getting. Maybe, maybe you'll luck out and you'll get the best cycle you, you could possibly get because his neck will be good. Maybe, but maybe it won't. Um, 
the cap is what it is. Uh, the Flames will be cap- capped out even more than, than they have been in recent years, but they'll have Jack Eichel. Um, so that'll be a plus. But I think the challenge is, like, say, you know, we we have, we have the side of praise the Flames in recent years for their drafting and development, and I think duly so because they've been quite good. I think one of the one of the best things the Flames did, you know, we when you see regime changes in the NHL, there's often a baby out with a bathwater kind of scenario. And part of me thinks maybe it's because Craig Conroy was retained and Craig Conroy was very much sort of involved in the uh, the drafting side of things when he was uh, assistant to the GM under Jay Feaster and then he became an AGM under under Brad Living. But you know, the Flames basically kept the same scouts. They kept the same head scout. They kept most of the same area scouts. They even, you know, complimented them with some additional hires and they just added some development staff. And so I think one of the things the Flames did really well is they didn't tear it down on the, on the side. Like Tree Living kept a lot of the staff and he, he, he added some pieces. And I think outside of, you know, throw out the 2014 draft because Bradshaw Living came in in May and the scout or came in, in April, but the scouting season, like there was no more junior seasons to scout is basically Brad. It was basically Brian Burke's draft to run because his, you know, he was overseeing all, all the work that was done. And if you look at, if you look at all the drafts since 2015, the 2015 draft, they got three NHL players out of five picks and they didn't have a first pick, round pick at all because of the Dougie Hamilton trade. That's kind of amazing. That was that's a great a, that's- you're lucky to get two per draft. You're lucky to get yeah. two guys that'll play 200 games. Or the 20, the 2016 draft, they got uh, Dubé and uh, Tyler or Dubé, Dubé and Matthew Kachuk, and they have, you know, they have some. Ichu Chilola is a useful minor league player. Uh, you know, they have some pieces there who could, you know, Matthew Phillips is a good late round pick. Uh, you know, so basically, if you if you look at every draft, basically excluding that 2014 draft, the Flames have found good players and found ways to get them to sign and to develop them. And, you know, in the cases where they haven't signed Adam Fox, notwithstanding, they've gotten some value with some trades, you know, Brandon Hickey was a guy who didn't, who didn't, you know, didn't really seem to fit in what they were doing. And he apparently was not going to sign. They turned him into Mike Smith, uh, Adam Fox. You can argue till the cows come home every year. He wins in Norris. We're going to have this argument, but <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, you turn a guy who wasn't ever going to play a game for your club into two guys who have been, who have been signed to just bargain basement robbery oh. deals and have been extremely, extremely good for you. So, okay, great. But here, here's my roundabout point. So if you look at, if you and I are coming up with, and, and you know, we did this over the summer, the best Flames prospects right now are what? Coronado, who's, uh, who's off to a very nice start with Harvard. Matt, uh, Jacob Pelche, who's off to a very good start to his pro career with Stockton. Dustin Wolf, who's also off to a very good start to his pro career. Connor Zary, who's injured, but... He was very good for uh, Stockton last year in a very li- in a in a short window, and he was excellent for for Campbell before he got hurt. And then I think our f- number fifth guy was Matthew Phillips. And all due respect, to Matthew Phillips, but I don't know if Buffalo is knocking on their door to get Matthew Phillips because of his age. I'd I'd personally put Jeremy Poirier there. Poirier, I personally, Poirier, I would personally. You can make a case for for uh, for Ryan Francis. You can make a case for Adam Rosicka. So there's you know sure. I think there's the core four, and there's a handful of other guys. So here's my point. So, okay, the, do the Flames have any game breakers in that group? Maybe Coronado, maybe. But it's it's a group of very good prospects. No, It's very much like the Flames roster itself. It's Hall of Very Good. They have – is there anyone elite on the Flames roster or their system? I don't think so. 
do they have enough very good prospects that it doesn't really matter I, if they have an elite guy? I mean, they would love to have someone elite, but they the team hasn't been bad enough to get a, a high, high draft pick. So they've been drafting in the late teens, early 20s, or in, in, in Pelche's case, the mid-20s, and they've managed to get guys who are going to play and help. So you give up – the problem is in this kind of a trade, you're giving up probably two guys from your NHL roster who are youngish and good, and then you're going to give up a first-round pick probably in the, next, in the upcoming draft, and then you're giving up two prospects probably. So your prospects are probably one to two of that – of your core four guys, and then wow. maybe another guy from your from the next four. So the prospect depth that we that we go well, they have an elite guy, but they have a bunch of really good guys. Well, you're losing one to two really good guys, and all of a sudden your prospect depth, the the cavalry, so to speak, the cheap entry level guys who will be able to help the Flames on their third and fourth line when they have Jack Eichel. Well, you have fewer of them now. The, that makes the, me the thing the the thing here is with the prospect, if you include a player of Kachuk's value, if you, if you include a player of Kachuk's value, that has to be taken into consideration because he's still, regardless of what anyone says about his qualifying offer and situation, he's still under team control for the next year. So you're getting, and he is, Kachuk is an elite asset. He, he drives play at a high end rate. Um, he, he's been consistent. He's consistent. He hasn't taken a game off yet. Um, Good. You know, he doesn't always find the score sheet, but he does other things away from the puck. That, he's been uh, he's been the third best guy on a line with two really, really, really good players. I mean, I argue, the line, I, argue, the best guy. I would argue that he is very much as important to that line as 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 Lindholm and Gaudreau. I think the three of them all bring something that works together. I do. Uh, Kachuk's always been able to drive play, whether it was part of the three M line. With Backlund and Manjapani, he's still effective. Or now with Lindholm and Gaudreau, so there is something there is something there with Kachuk, very noticeable to to me, anyways. To what I see, uh, I, he's 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 a smart, smart, smart player. He, he reads the game very well. He doesn't have the best speed or the best hands, but he's he's got a high hockey IQ. Definitely, and guy it's, high. It's why he draws so many penalties, and he, he's he's a very, very, very smart player, which is what you want. Um, but the sad reality of the fact is if you want to get Jack Eichel, you, pro- you probably do have to include him because I'm sorry to every single person that's included Sean Monaghan in their trade proposals, but I, his value just is not where, you know, you want it to be versus how much his contract is. And he's a UFA when his contract expires next year. You cheers to so, and Monaghan as a 10 team, no trade list. Yeah, that as well as well as the no trade list. And let's be real: um, if any team is going to be on it based on the past ten years of performance, it's most likely Buffalo. Um, so sorry, sorry to all the people that included Sean Monahan or is trying to in the trade proposal. But Kachuk makes more financial sense from Buffalo's perspective, and that's that's where to me. So one of the things I thought was really clever about the way the Flames managed the, the Dougie Hamilton to Carolina trade was, so Dougie Hamilton was what, a year away from being UFA? Two year, two year. He had some time left. I forget. It was, no, he just went UFA oh, now. Yeah, he just went UFA this year. So yes, he had three, two, years. three years left, two years left, three years left. Yes, I, I've, I've lost track left. of time with the He had a couple years left <laughs> and the Flames thought, okay, let's leverage his value. 
the other guy, the other NHL body they traded out was Michael Ferland. And Michael Ferland was a year away from the UFA. And the Flames saw in Ferland some nice progression, but I think the Flames sat down and looked at his cap comparables and looked at what kind of guys like him would get in the open market and went, oh, snap, we can't afford this guy past the next year. And we've talked about this on the site. We've talked about this in the podcast. We'll talk about this till the cows come home. The Flames have some decisions to make this summer. Uh, Oliver Shillington's an NHL player, and I don't think he's going to get the sun and the moon and the stars, but he's a guy, a guy who's going to have a decent, a really good year under his belt, granted one of them, and Arbright's. And so he's going to get a raise. And Andre Mangiapane, same kind of thing. RFA, Arbright's, he's going to get a raise. Johnny Gaudreau, he's either going to walk to free agency or he's going to get a pretty damn good raise from the Flames. And good raise. So if you're the Flames and you go, man, I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone that that the Flames have in their system or could acquire that would, can move the needle offensively like Johnny Gaudreau. And so if you're the Flames and you're looking around and going, okay, what can't we replace? All due respect to Matthew Kachuk. But I think if you're looking at Kachuk making $9 million next year, he's slated to have a qualifying offer for one year at $9 million and then go to free agency the next year if they don't reach a longer-term agreement, I'd be nervous. And if you're the Flames and you go, eh, you need to make some decisions, you need you have a lot of mouths to feed, you need to balance things, I think you look at the, the roster composition and you go, you have a damn fine left-shot winger, Johnny Gaudreau, who does things no one else can. You have a damn fine left shot winger in Andre Machapani who, who basically can help you everywhere you need to play him. You can play him literally in every game situation. He'll give you value. And then you have Kachuk who is a left shot guy, but he's, you know, is he as good defensively as Machapani? You can make an argument, but I don't think he is. Uh, granted, I think he, he draws more penalties for you than Machapani does. Is he as good offensively as a needle mover than Gaudreau? I don't think so. And so do you necessarily think, okay, you can get, Eichel, who's under team control for three more seasons, granted at not, at ten million a year, but he's he's an, he's very good. He's better than everyone else you have at center. Do you potentially just go screw it, up, f- fix your center problem, your three centers next season or past the All Star break this year are Eichel, uh, Backlund, Lindholm. and Lindholm, and then you know. If Dubé is included in the trade, well, you can, you know, Brad Richardson or Glenn Godden or, you know, whoever. Uh, Ma- no, you have Monahan as your fourth line. If <laughs> your fourth line center is Monahan and you have three other guys who are Eichel, Backlund, and, and Lindholm, I think that's pretty alluring. And especially that might be the best four centers in the league. We've been hearing since 2014, philosophically, Brad Hilliding's priority is to build the net you build on the defense and you build up the middle. They have very good wingers. They don't have a great, they don't have any great wingers, but can they turn a very good winger into a great center? They haven't had a great center since what? 1995. Uh, I was one year old in 1995. So uh, I, I, I really live on through the nostalgia. I'm old <laughs> enough to, I, I saw, I saw, I saw the, uh, the glory years of, of New and Dyke cause I'm old. Uh, Oh, yeah, that, it's, you know it's, what? You're not that much. You're not that much older than me, Pike. You're not that much. You don't have a full decade on me. So it's, uh, it's. Yeah, I do. We're not now. You're per- perpetually 35 forever. <laughs> but only, uh, only to some people. <laughs> uh, it's it's 
it's what you said. It it's easier to replace on the wing. It is. How many centers do you convert to wingers in a year? <laughs> and and if this trade, you know, or like like or you know, how many guys do you draft a center that end up playing wing like throughout the league? It's 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 a lot easier to find a winger than it is to find a center. And if you have if the cost is Kachuk to get a player like Eichel, you you you're, you and it's about the risk too. But eventually, like they they say it all the time, people always say, "Are you do you want to be the Minnesota Wild? Do you want to just be?" picking between 12 and 25 or 12 and 22 in the draft every year. And just, just hope you get a Capra's off that can change your life. Like, no, you want that game breaker. And if you have a chance to get them, you know, I really feel like you should. And Manjapani is more than capable with everything he's ever shown us of replacing Kachuk's impact. Now you, you got to tie and test it, but he, he can he 100% can. And if you somehow, somehow keep Dubé in all this, I don't know if you can because you need money to work. I don't know if Buffalo really wants to take Nikita Zadorov. And, and if you're going to include Valimaki, Zadorov's not leaving. <laughs> like, like, that's, that's not going to happen. So there's a few pieces there. But, you know, if you keep Dubé, you can even have him down the middle and put Lindholm back on the wing. I don't think they want to do that. I really think they love Lindholm. I think it gives you options, though. Like, depending on what's you, going yeah. on, you can like, – maybe, maybe the idea is you want to, like, you know, you want to spell off Eichel. You want to – like, it gives you a lot of different things. So, like, I'm as much as nervous as the X Factors make me, like, the – what do you – they're going to be capped out – for the rest of the season and they might have to play if you have Eichel and you're capped out and you get some injuries, you might have to play a guy short in order to take advantage of that CBA loophole where you can just bring up a guy who doesn't count against the cap. The Leafs had to play short this year. They, they brought in a university goalie because they didn't have enough money to bring up a, a goalie short term. Vegas has played short. Colorado's played short. The flames famously played short under Daryl Sutter during the first incarnation because the flames mismanaged the cap. But it's a calculated risk. If you think if you think you're better, you know, having a Jack Eichel and giving up the pieces is worth the potential heartache of not having enough cap space to have a full roster for a game or two, then that's a game. Oh. And do you, do you think here's, here's my question? You know, you mentioned sort of the, you know, the perpetual, you know, the Flames have been a team that's sort of been, they've been a, a middle of the road team, like no disrespect to them, but they've been a middleweight. They've been good enough to make it, but not quite good enough to win once they get there. And I think if you add Jack Eichel, it makes you a much tougher team to, to match up against if he's healthy. And if he's, if, if he, when he's healthy, he's close to what he used to be. And he's still young. But, so I mean, but at what point, at what point you got to decide what, when do you want to take, the risk any acquiring any player that's not in within your organization is a risk in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, do you want to roll the risk? Like, and we know like if, if Jack Eichel would have been a first overall pick, if it weren't for that other guy in his draft class, like he would have easily, if you go through all the other years, like if Jack Eichel, could you imagine, I think Matthews missed the cutoff for that draft by six days. Could you imagine the choices of the top three if it was McDavid, Eichel, Matthews? Like, yeah. that is just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and so, you know, Eichel, I, and I, I said it earlier, I think we forget how good he is because he hasn't been on the ice since, I don't know, February of last year. Yeah, and even when he was on the ice, he wasn't 100%. No. So it's, it, you know, people are forgetting just how, like I, I watched him live. I, I went to Toronto and I watched Jack Eichel single-handedly 
uh, the Leafs were up 2-1, and in a span of 45 seconds, the Sabres were up 3-2, and it was, it was all him and his magical weaving through traffic. He can weave through traffic like Johnny Gaudreau as well. Like, I, I've seen this live and in person, uh, and the, the Flames don't actually really have someone else that can get through traffic like Johnny. It also promotes so like you know your power play would get better just naturally when you have a player that's skilled five on four. Your everything would get better. We see it. We see it every night. Like the Edmonton Oilers, they so they've had some tough games. They they're still getting wins out of, and it's because of their power play. So you know the Flames play better structured game. They 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 have they have a better defensive system. They got uh, uh, superior goaltenders in my mind. And you add a game breaker like Eichel to that at the cost of one player and a roster player in Kachuk. Maybe two. Maybe two. Well, it depends. If it has to be two to make the money work. Involved. Has to be. So you're losing two. But, I mean, you, you also had a player in camp that uh, impressed enough that maybe you want to give him a try, Walker Dewar, on your bottom six. I mean, they love promoting Lucic to, to a different line. They love doing that. And you know that's going to happen. Well, here, here's there's, 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 there's so many if, factors if, into what's going on. It's if you're the pinpoint. Let's be honest. They got three seasons left, including this one in the old barn. The, the, the Scotiabank Saddleome will be closed. They'll lock the doors. They'll let the building fall down in this the fall of 2024 when whatever the hell are we? They're going to call it. I assume it's going to be Telus or in Canada or something like that. The Scotia, maybe another Scotia Bank building, but the new arena in six weeks they're breaking ground. Six or seven weeks they're breaking ground, and it's opening in 2024. And if the idea is you want to close out the saddle dome, that that old old barn, close out the old building with a run of some kind, and then open the new building, and you know the it, you know the season tickets are getting more expensive. It's a, they're spending six hundred million dollars. It's going to be something that they want to get some. They want to get their their money's worth. And so, if you're the Flames right now, you have three players in our contract for the new building. Blake Coleman, uh, who's going to be I think 33 when the building opens, 34, 33, 33. Uh, Rasmus Anderson, who's going to be 29, and uh, Jacob Markstrom, who's going to be 34. So you got a goalie, you got a defenseman, and you got a pretty decent two-way winger signed when the new building opens. And like if you can get Eichel and if you can get Johnny to resign all of a sudden, that's not a bad marquee to start using, you know, in the next couple of years to start talking to season ticket holders and sponsors about the new bar. And if you want to potentially do something of note before you have to close the doors on their, the, you know, the, their, you know, the, the building that they've been in for three decades, I, I can talk with, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking myself in and out of this trade as we go along here because I don't know. There's like, there's no, I don't think there's a right answer here. It, 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 you, you, you think about how good Eichel is and how good he changed. You go, yeah, but you look at how good the team's playing and, and how they're working together and how the lines are functioning and you go, well, no, but then you stop and you realize, you know, the playoff successes, uh, how far they've worked in the playoffs in the past. You go, well, no, we need him. And then you just back and forth perpetually forever. And I wish they would just, I wish it would just end. Honestly, I want it to be, I want it to happen either way, whether it's Calgary or Vegas, I want it to happen. 
And and then, but then then you can move on to what's next. If Calgary doesn't get him, well, maybe you try it for Thomas Hurdle at the trade deadline. Here's if you're a question really for wanting you. to compete. Here's a question for you. Put yourself in the shoes of the Flames. So like the Flames, you know, it's been a it's been a weird couple of years. They had the they had the Bill Peters stuff. Then they had you know they had Jeff Ward as a as a placeholder coach to basically you know keep keep everyone together during that group they they voted on continuity and i love jeff ward so i can you know having spent time with jeff ward i can totally see why they think that was a good idea it didn't work out they went with you know they went with daryl there's a pandemic there's, there's a ton of just stuff going on ken king died you know it's been it's been a for the folks around the flames it's been a rough couple of years for the folks around the organization like there was the uncertainty about the arena well, I'm not to mention the constant, constant battle Chris Snow goes through every day. Love Snow. On top of all just, that. On yeah. top of all that. Chris, just a remarkable human being there. Uh, yeah. Everyone, by the way, donate some money to uh, to ALS Research because it's it, it's they're moving the needle now very much. But anyway, the point is, like, if you're the Flames, if you're in that room after the year, a couple, two, three years you've had around the organization, does making this kind of a trade is it a Oh man, they think we need help, or is it? Uh, oh man, we got help because, like, they, you know, it's, it's a, it upgrade, it upgrade the roster, it make things more challenging cap wise. But holy cow, like, in that room, does that give you, does that energize piece. you? Does that give you a kick in the butt, or is it kicking? It is a kicking in the stomach. Like, t- to me, is it, from a player mentality, if you go out and you get a player as skilled as Jack Eichel, that's a oh yeah okay all right, but you know you've got Johnny's UFA and you know, fans hope maybe he has a Morgan Riley mentality and signs for long-term and cheaper, but I mean, that's not something you should ever expect Uh, player mentality. I think uh, they have a solid leadership and a coach. And we we see that Daryl is unwavering in who he is and how he operates. Uh, His media availabilities have been great this year so far. I've loved listening to them. Um, I know you probably love asking him questions, Mike. Uh, He's fantastic. And, and, and but a play, and so you have leadership. So even if you do take a, a voice from a player out of that room, you still have the coach. The coach is still there leading you. And, and Sutter is very much of a coach that strikes me as a leader uh, and someone who can control what's going on. And, you know, you lost Giordano already. You've already gone through that process of, okay, he's gone. And you've come out of the gate swinging. So it, to me, you know, you do that trade. So you do, you move a player as significant as Kachuk out of the room. It's easy to sell. Hey, look, look what's coming. We've got this guy. This guy's been a top player in the league for years. We're, we're going for it. We're still going for it. We need to keep fighting until he's, he's here to help us. Well, and, and then and, the, the, what the, the, since, since Daryl joined the organization last in the middle of the season last year. So in, in succession, if you're in that room, you brought in a, Coach with two two rings in the offseason, you bring in three guys who are who have I think combined at five Stanley Cup rings with you know Lewis and Richardson and Coleman, and then you go out and get the shiniest toy available. You might use don't ice underestimate tire. the voice of don't under we and I know you don't, but just for the listeners, don't underestimate the voice Milan Lucic has in that room. They love him. He is a very much a leader on this team. And, and he, he's, you know, he, he, he knows, he, he knows the business of, you know, he's been around the league. He's been involved where team quality teammates have been traded on and off. Same with Richardson, same with Lewis. 
these guys have that experience and they can, they can deal with it. Although not a lot of, we don't, we haven't really experienced that much in the flames core. Coleman himself, he went to Tampa and helped, helped to run. Uh, you know, th- th- they have all those pieces there. Tanev, he's, he's on his second team. You know, people, you know, they, they're, they're there to compete. Markstrom's on his second team. If, the guys that haven't experienced this are what Johnny Dubé, Mange, Monahan, and, and not even and Anderson because Hannafin's on his second team as well. So you got guys there. I, I, my, my, and it is also my own personal opinions here. Uh, uh, I, I think they have more than enough strong mentality that they can handle a trade of this, and they would take it as a, as a, yeah, we're getting better. Like we we just got an amazing piece is, that uh, we c- could put us right there. Is, and is, if they, would, this, would this be like giving some some kids who learn how to drive in the winter and some sort of a a beater Honda Civic, and then you give them an all wheel drive, you know, SUV with all the training? Like, is that would that be the kind of thing where it's been like a rough couple? It's been a rough winter, but then Daddy goes out and gets a car, like. It would- yeah, it's been, you know, we, we, we it's, it's, I feel like it's like, you know, it's a rough renter, but dad finally got that promotion at work. And here you go. Here's the results of it. You know, we, we pushed through, we got through the hard times. Here you go. Let's do this thing. And that, if, that's if, my opinion. And if you, right? if, you, if you look at the division, I mean, if you're, if your team go for it, Gaudreau's contracts coming up, all these guys have deals coming up. Uh, you know, you and got you get I go for another four years. Like that's the other thing you get him. It's not just a, you were not talking about going for it just now. And then we deal with stuff later. And, and I, I keep wanting to come back and mentioning this, you know, we already have, you know, all of our cap that we have left will probably go to Kachuk, Mange and Johnny. Should we want to keep all three and Shillington and Shillington? Yeah. not even including that's that, that, that was the pre my, that's my preseason thoughts coming out. Shillington's changed even more. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so it makes financial sense if you want Jack Eichel to include one of those guys in that deal. Johnny's UFA. Buffalo's probably got no interest in it. Calgary is your most offensive, creative player. You don't want to get rid of him. And like you said, I honestly manage is more cross controlled. Like I, Chuck, Chuck's looking at over seven million easily because he's getting that now on his next deal. Uh, you know he's going to want nine, nine. nine. He's going to want nine, ten Marner, okay. Marner Stone money. Manage isn't going to. I, I know. Yeah. He, he went out for seven goals early. I, I, you know, everyone's talking about 50. I, my man managing expectations are the 30 to 35 range for him, which I was a fantastic NHL season. And I still think he falls under, under six and a half long-term. That's me. You know, every, he, every goal he scores is adding about a hundred grand to his cap. It, though. He, he, yeah. But he, he, say he does pan out at 35. That's one season at 35 and two, previous two at a 20 goal pace. That's not, that's not seven and a half million long term to me. Yeah. I I think I midterm is what I'm looking at. You know, get him on five six year deal. Let's give, let's give bring him this a, thing home. Let's bring this thing home. So okay, I'll I'll ask you and then I'll answer. So let's just say that Kevin Weeks is correct. His intel is correct. That let's just say, and this again, this is us basing speculation off of Kevin Weeks. Kevin, we love you. Please keep tweeting cool stuff because it gives us things to talk about in Calgary. Let's just say the trade is Matthew Kachuk, um, Dylan Dubé, 2022 first round pick, Matthew Coronado, and Jacob Pelche. Those are the five pieces. Straight up, 
no no cap no no retain no conditional picks straight up to buffalo for jack eichel do you do it yes i i i don't I, your proposal i still do it i don't think if you include kachuk you need to include both coronado and pelletier i think you could put a lesser prospect in there like pospisil or Rizichka. i really do i do feel if you're going to give them kachuk the second prospect's not going to you're not giving up two of zari coronado uh Pelche. But but still, my answer still as that you requested is still yes. I I, I would do it too. I'd be nervous as all hell. Mm-hmm. It does not give you much if any cast space, and it drastically reduces your ready to play depth. But I, I you know I I think at some point you basically have to say screw it. It's right? time. Yeah, it's like time. And, you know, so the, when, when is it ever going to be time again? Yeah, and when 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 when's like Vegas is five hundred? They're besieged by injuries, and you never know if they're going to be the full Vegas team again. Edmonton is Edmonton, and they're a damn good team, but they might be like the best overall team in the division. And then it's just a bunch of flawed teams. So if you're if you're going to ownership and you're saying, guys, I need you to shell out. We're going to pay a guy ten million bucks a year, and here's what we're doing. I think you can convince them. But it's also something that I'm never going to be. I'm never not going to be nervous about it because of you chew your nails. You chew your nails right off, like like. But I I mean, eventually, it's the NHL. Only one team wins a year. When are you? When are you ever going to go for it? I mean, like Edmonton, like with Vegas stumbling out of the gate and their injury history that's going to affect them for the coming months. Now, the time is now. The division is the weak weak. San Jose is not going to hold their pace. LA's scares me a bit, but yeah. now it, it really is. Yeah. But it still makes me, I'm a cap guy. It makes me so nervous. You, you, you lose some prospects, you lose some cap flexibility, but you get a Jack Eichel. If, and if, he, if he's any, if he's close to what he was, damn, that'd be a good trade. You it's know, a lot. lot even today. if he's 80, even it's if he's 80%, thing. even if he's 80% of what he was, he's still the best center they could have. Like, and I, I mean, it. that's how good he is. If he's 80%, he's still better than what you got offensively. And Elias Lindholm will always be a better defensive center than him, but he's just that good offensively. He's just that good with the puck on his stick. Even 80%, he's still better than anything we have on the roster. Uh, I think I think we should close now there. So, folks, by the time you listen to this, this will possibly be well out of date, in which case – Please laugh at our very, very good or very, very bad predictions. Uh, the Flames have three games coming up this week. Uh, they will they will play three games at home and then go out on a road trip. So they're hosting Dallas on Thursday. They're hosting the New York Rangers on Saturday night, their second game of two against the Rangers this season. And then they're welcoming the San Jose Sharks to town on Tuesday. And then they're off on the road for seven games, including the Hall of Fame game in Toronto where they play the Leafs and everyone talks about Jerome McGinley all night. And it'll be great because, you know, Jerome McGinley is great. And it's kind of fun. It's kind of irritating. He had to wait a year to get inducted, but he's finally getting inducted and that'll be next Monday. So tell your loved ones, Either they're watching again, like get inducted with you, or they're doing something else without you because Monday night, I think TSN has the broadcast of the Hall of Fame, but check your local listings. I might be misremembering this. Uh, we've also got some network news. We got uh, we got new business daddies, as John Oliver would say. We got sold to uh, 
to the folks at Playmaker Capital. Uh, we're pretty excited. Uh, it sounds like not, absolutely nothing's going to change for us. So we're going to get the same fun, awkward Flames Nation content you've always gotten uh, with slightly different people paying the bills. So if you've listened to us over the past, I've been with the site for over a decade somehow. Uh, if you've listened to us, if you've clicked on one of our wacky polls, if you've interacted with our content in any way, we really appreciate it because, you know, we just want to, you know, we're trying to do some cool, fun stuff uh, and help you guys enjoy the game of hockey a bit more. It's meant to be fun. We've had fun doing it and uh, we're hoping to continue having fun in the future. So uh, thanks. Thanks for enjoying stuff. Uh, Plane Station Radio is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Speaking of wonderful people, uh, we'll be back in a week with another edition of Flames Nation Radio and potentially Schrodinger's Eichel will either be alive or dead, so to speak. He'll either be still in limbo or he'll be a flame or he won't be a flame. And regardless of what happens, we'll break it down. So uh, for Shane, I'm Ryan. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.